horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Hey, thanks for coming and joining us on Winning Ponies. I hope you're listening live, and if you can't, you're listening on podcast. Don't forget, if you enjoy the show, and I think you will, be sure to tell your friends to pull down the podcast, because um, particularly when we get to the selections section, those races won't be run until Saturday, and uh, this week's races uh, will be run north of the border is where you go for the stakes action, but man, is it good. Uh, John Siskos, the director of communications from Woodbine, is going to join us. It's kind of like we're turning Canadian. Last week it was Sandy Hawley. This week, John Siskos. But uh, he's up there at Woodbine, and we're going to look at the grade two Canadian. That one's for fillies and mares, carries a quarter million dollars. And then the northern dancer, Turf, grade one, $300,000, and be topping it off with the $800,000 Rico Woodbine Mile. And this race has drawn a who's who of international racing. It's just amazing. It looks like 12 are set to go to post. Of course, we're going to have to check with John on track conditions, but that is not going to be an easy card to handicap so you're going to want to pull down your easy win forms and if you did over the last couple of days we had a good time up at woodbine back on the ninth a one dollar super paid over twenty eight thousand through the easy win forms on the same day a 20 cent super high five paid three thousand three hundred and fifteen dollars still at woodbine four days later a one dollar super that paid two thousand five hundred and sixty three so the actions at woodbine this weekend and all you got to do is go to winningponies.com and sign up and pull down your easy win forms so between what john's able to tell us and what you get from the easy win forms i hope you come away with a slew of winners of course, this is the time of the year for the sales down in Kentucky. I attended both the Phasic Tipton Turf Showcase and opening day of the Keeneland September sale. It is just unbelievable in the prices the horses are bringing. Well, with us, uh, one of the bid spotters from Phasic Tipton. Uh, his name is Dan Mahaney. I've got to know him over the last couple of months. Uh, his auction company is going to be putting together the uh, the new Ohio sale. It's going to take place December 3rd. Nominations close October 16th. So if you want to get a horse in, does not have to be in Ohio, Brad. You can get it in. But uh, you know, those guys down there taking the bids, there's a lot more to it than just somebody raising their hand and going, hey, we got a, we got another 5,000. Hey, we got another 5,000. Um, it's We're going to learn the nuances from Dan on how a bid spotter, when he gets mature and is known uh, to the people in the audience, uh, kind of gets to know his customers, knows what their habits are, knows whether or not they're bidding by the slightest of moves, or and I, I want to find out what some of those moves are. But basically, uh, you, you got to know your customer. you got to know who's out there. Some people will meet with the bid spotters pri- prior to the 
uh, sale and let them know which hips they are interested in and kind of, you know, what level they think uh, they're willing to go to. So the bid spotter can do that. I also want to know about RNAs and, uh, you know, how they do that or if they bid horses up for people. It'll be interesting. That's going to be Dan Mahaney. So, um, Again, John Siskos and Dan Mahaney are our two guests today. Again, going back to Keeneland, I caught a really nice uh, uh, opening day. I mean, it, it is just amazing. And uh, eight yearlings brought million-dollar prices. Unbelievable. Leading the action, it was a $2.7 million tap at Philly that was purchased by uh Coolmore's MV Magner to be the most expensive yearling sold at public auction in North America this year and the highest price Philly sold in the September sale since 2008. So uh, that that was that was the topper. Uh, let's uh, see if I can't pull down a couple of the other ones. I mean, by the time the session got over, 95 yearlings sold for a gross of $54,175,000. So, again, $8 million horses in opening day. Uh, you went, It was like the select of the select. It was uh, unbelievable. But it set a tone that has carried over to other days in the sale. And I can't run them all down. The show is only an hour long, uh, but it's just uh, uh, amazing how, um, you know, horses, not even the million dollar ones, how many horses are going for 650,000, 750,000, well over a half a million dollars. So uh, you better have deep pockets, at least for the first three books uh, down there. And, um, uh, it, it's really fun. It's, it's great to go to just to see the people. Horses are impeccable, obviously. They wouldn't be selling for that. Another one out of that first sale was a um, a, a tapid colt from the family of uh, late champion and leading sire, St. Liam, um, who sold for $2.6 million. Uh, this is also the family of Gunrunner who's going pretty good. So Mandy Pope of Whisper, <laughs> Whisper Hill, you've heard her name a lot when we talk about the sales. Uh, she says, I love tappets as I buy them, breed them, and sell them. Well, she only spent $2.6 million on that one. So Mandy Pope uh, still going there. Then for uh, $2.5 million, it was another tappet. Uh, who was a colt out of the grade one winner, Tiz Ms. Sue, $2.5 million. Uh, just an amazing day. Um, $1.25 million for Medallia Dioro Philly out of Canadian Horse of the Year, Sealy Hill, a half-sister to Canadian champion Hillaby and the grade three winners, Bell Hill and Gale Force. Shadwell went to $1.2 million for a war front. He's been right there with Tappet, I can tell you. Uh, this one is out of a group three winner, The Skins Theory, half-sister to champion Stevie Wonderboy. And uh, for $1.1 million, Kerry Radcliffe. Now, Kerry Radcliffe have stayed very busy over the first three days. On opening day, $1.1 million for the final million-dollar horse, another war front, half-brother to grade two winner, Piranha out of the Rahimer dynamic feature. So uh, look at the name. 
Radcliffe in the sales books. And again, you know, if you got a little time, you kick back. You can you can go to Keeneland.com and and watch the sale. And we watch these baby the catalogs up there, and then you can watch the sale live. It's a it's it's pretty interesting. Now, opening up tomorrow is a little track by the name of Churchill Downs down in Louisville, and uh, they're having one of their biggest uh, purse meets uh, down there for this meet. It's only a uh, uh, the 10 race program is going to open at 2.45 Eastern, so uh, it's only going to be 11 days, so catch it while you can. Uh, it looks like Dale Romans uh, will probably surpass Bill Mott as Churchill Downs' all-time leading trainer. He's got three horses entered on on opening day. Uh, the 50-year-old South Louisville native, of course, he Grew up uh, on the backstretch with his father, who was was a trainer. Uh, let's see. He, uh, Hall of Famer Mott, has um, the all-time winner, but he's only three behind him. Uh, Mott's held the record for 31 years. In the third spot is Steve Asmussen. Uh, some other horsemen that are approaching Churchill Downs career milestones include jockey Brian Hernandez. Um, he's got 479 wins. It'd be nice to see him uh, move towards the 500 mark. Uh, Greg Foley, 397. And my man, Kenny McPeak, 394. So uh, now two of the races, uh, they're going to be uh, kicking off here. Uh, at Churchill will have win and you're in and points to the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Oaks. The horses going for Kentucky Oaks points will be racing in the grade two Pocahontas. It's a mile and a 16th. Uh, very interesting. The, the top three out of the Ellis Park debutant will be here. And in this race are no less than four stakes winners. That's pretty good uh, for a field of two-year-olds. So anything can happen in here. Uh, again, that's the Pocahontas, a great two at Churchill Downs. Now, the boys' version, and again, uh, Derby points, winning your end for the Breeders' Cup, is the grade three Iroquois. That's a mile and a 16th. Horse that I just absolutely love since I saw him break his maiden at Keeneland, 10 City. Remember now, I we touted him in the Ellis Park Juvenile, but what you don't know is the odds-on favorite that day, threw a shoe at the start of the race. So it's kind of hard to run with just three shoes. Still ended up running uh, third. Jack Gilligan's going to get the callback mount in there. Uh, you've got uh, three stakes winners in the Iroquois. So again, uh, those will be run uh, on Saturday at Churchill Downs. So Remember last week, we had our friend Kate and Brader with us, and uh, we took a look at some of the Kentucky Downs uh, races. Uh, in the ladies, what a race. I hope you got a chance to tune in. Uh, oh, don't forget, th- this was moved to Thursday. They got they got rained out uh, for opening day, so it was moved to Thursday. Miss Temple City uh, ran down Zipessa. Zipessa took the early lead, had the lead just going to the stretch. All of a sudden, Miss Temple City and Edgar Prado. That's right, folks. He's not too old to ride uh, like the champion jockey he is. Miss Temple City, now a five-year-old mare, adds to her $1.4 million earnings with a win in the $350,000 Kentucky Downs Ladies Turf. It was it was a really, really exciting race, as many of them have been, considering how 
big that track is. Sometimes you think somebody would get away, but there's been some extremely competitive races. So congratulations to the connections of Miss Temple City, the trainer, Graham Motion. We're going to see him up at Woodbine this weekend. Then we went to the Kentucky Downs Turf Sprint, and in here was uh, Caden Brader's pick, Hoagie, getting the job done. Hoagie, what a beautiful ride by Florent Giroux, who uh, uh, her husband has the, the book for Florent Giroux. Uh, Hoagie was eighth, seventh, third, and then just grinded it out through that uphill uh, battle. This is Mike Maker, who just loves it down there at Kentucky Downs. Believe it or not, this horse was coming off a claim, $80,000. Now, you know, horse for course, the horse ran second at Kentucky Downs, was just beat in the Kentucky Turf Sprint last year, was beaten a neck in that race. So if you if you like Kentucky Downs, that's a great angle when you bet it. Sad to say, today's closing day, so you really don't have a chance to bet it uh, anymore. But uh, Hoagie got the job done, grinding it out. Great ride by Florent Giroux. In the second spot, Jose Ortiz uh, came in for his first mount and ran second on command. And third was the seven undrafted, who's uh, owned by former NFL player Wes Welker and Elizabeth Kuman, my man, Wesley Ward, trains another horse that likes Kentucky Downs, uh, ran it uh, close fourth in the Kentucky Downs sprint last year. And the uh, last race we covered with Kate and Brader was the Calumet Farm Kentucky Turf Cup, a grade three, a mile and a half. And in here, it was Mike Maker again. They were an exciting stretch run. Again, a mile and a half, and they were dueling it out to the wire. Oscar nominated. Last year, he won the Dueling Grounds Derby. Now the Ridgelings 4 got the job done over postulation who was the slight favorite in here coming off a win in the American St. Leisure up at Arlington Park. And in the third spot was Mook Taser. So that's a look at the action from last year. Comments on national racing. We're going to take a little bit of a break. and we come back, we're going to be with a man that's in the auction business. A lot of sales going on right now. But until then, we're going to sell you with some spots here on winningponies.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, I told you a little bit about him early in the show, Dan Mahaney is his name. I've got to know him over the last couple of months, and uh, I got to see him in action uh, this weekend at the Phasic Tipton Sale. Actually, I first got to see him in action uh, at the Old Friends Auction that was held in the Woodbine Room at uh, Phasic Tipton. I do believe uh, with uh, sharp bid spotters like him, they were able to earn $25,000 for uh, my good friends at Old Friends. Uh, uh, Michael Blowen and his uh, his wife Diane, who operate a, that fantastic facility. Uh, I was surprised to see him there. He didn't see me there. I was in the background taking pictures. Anyhow, Dan Mahaney, how you doing? Good. Good evening, John. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Well, I know you probably got a little bit of jet lag. I think you were out in Oregon recently uh, at, at an auction. Um, well, what I need to know, uh, Dan, um, what was your first entrance in into racing? Was it was it did it come in through uh, being an auctioneer, or did it come in because uh, somehow you were involved in the sport? No, I actually uh, I went to school at the University of Louisville and played football there. And really? I actually, uh, towards the end of my uh, college career, I actually took out my trainer's license uh, before I graduated. Uh, I trained horses for a year, um, and then I moved back home to Chicago and trained a little bit up here. Uh, and then kind of got out of the game, and then... Uh, you know, had been various different businesses and then uh, started actually buying and selling horses uh, and breeding. Uh, sold a lot of horses with TaylorMade over the years and then uh, always had an interest in the auction, you know, arena. I used to go to the Keeneland and Phasic Tipton sales from Louisville. I would drive over to Lexington and, you know, just was fascinated by the whole process. And, you know, I'm a first generation auctioneer, which is somewhat odd for people in the business. So it took me, uh, you know, a little longer than most to get up to speed because uh, I really did not have anybody to mentor under. Um, it's, a lot of people in the business are, you know, it's a family business or their father was an auctioneer, et cetera. So just not many people wake up and say, hey, I want to be an auctioneer. So, um, but I, you know, I had a strong real estate background. I still sell a lot of real estate on auction, uh, do cars, motorcycles, uh, horses, thoroughbreds, standardbreds. Um, so, you know, that's kind of the route that I took to get there. Um, you know, I want to ask you about some of the nuances because I, I watched you and the other guys at Phasic Tipton. I watched the guys at Keelan. Everybody seems to have a, a little bit of a style. I mean, um, do you create your own Yelp? <laughs> yeah, you, hey, you do. Um, you know, some people, yeah, you know, some people, uh, yeah, I guess that's just something that kind of comes to you. I mean, some of it's just with the enthusiasm of what's going on and, you know, out in front of you as far as the bidders, you, you kind of get caught up in the excitement that they're feeling. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, will either say yes, yelp, hey, you know, uh, yep, yep, whatever it may be. So, um, everybody, you know, some people say it, some people scream it. Um, you know, the Barrett Jackson cell that I work, it's, you know, a lot of entertainment. So there's a lot of noise going on, but, you know, phasing Tipton is more, uh, a little bit more reserved. Um, so, you know, there's kind of a, 
uh, a, a method for each type of you know asset that you're selling. Uh, you know, screaming at Daisy Tipton really wouldn't go over very well. But uh, um, so again, yeah, every venue kind of has a different different mode of operandi. Well, um, now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at some of the nuances. Uh, I'm, I'm watching the bid spotters. Now, I, I'm guessing over the years, now that you've been doing it for a while, you, you work a section perhaps or you get to know certain customers. Do you ever meet with a, with, with a bidder before the sale and he'll tell you something like, hey, look, I'm really interested in this, uh, you, you know, tap it cult i'm just throwing a name out there i'm gonna sure. go to, i'm gonna go to blank so uh until i make a motion or until i close my catalog i'm in the bidding Some, yeah that's true sometimes they will say that i mean it's most uh bidders will not you know come to you the day before they might come to you you know two or three hips before the horse may come in or if the car may come in you know most buyers like to play their cards co- close to their chest you know everybody right. wants to wait to the last minute to show their hand so um, you know, we did, the only thing we do is just be as respectful as possible. And, and, you know, some people will say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to be in with my hand in my pocket. And when I take my hand out, I'm out. Um, you know, a lot of people want to stand in the doorway and just not be seen. Um, especially the higher profile people. So, you know, everybody kind of has their, their, their act and how they like to go about it. So, uh, you know, but at, over the time, yes, absolutely. You, you know, you get to know the bidders. A lot of them sit in the same section that you get to know and, you know, somewhat become friends with, um, you may see them out at dinner. So yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a very uh, I don't say neighborhood territory kind of driven thing, but uh, you know certain there are certain people that you just kind of get along with that seem to get along with you that like to sit in your section or or stand out back, whatever it may be. So absolutely. Well, I, I, I was worried at the old friend sale because a lot of those uh, items brought some pretty good prices that, you know, all of a sudden I was there and I was like, you know, scratching my eye or something. I'm thinking, oh, geez, this guy think I just said a <laughs> yeah. bit? I mean. Yeah, you, did, you bought a painting, I think. <laughs> I wish I did. Dagmar Gallensteiner is the best, man. But, uh, you know, uh, w- w- what are some of the more unique little things that somebody might do that, that, that tip you off that they're in or they're out? Well, you know, a lot of it is body posture. If they're if they're if they're leaning in, you know, before the horse, while the horse is coming into the ring, or when it comes into the ring, you you, you kind of have an idea that they are, you know, interested to a degree. Um, and then when they start to lean back, you can kind of tell that they're starting to either falter at bidding or they're getting getting a little thin as far as their tolerance for pain on where the the, the price is going. So, a lot of it's body language. You know, a lot of times you have a husband and wife there, and they're you know coursing amongst themselves on you know, hey, we wanted to go to two hundred. Now we're at 300, should we go? So uh, a lot of it, you know, the auctioneer can read that as well. Just, hey, if they needed a couple extra seconds to kind of make the decision, um, you know, all, all that just kind of comes as you, as, you, as you work together, which a lot of us have worked together for a long time at various different sales. Now, how does it work, you know, where I'm watching you guys and you got a couple guys going against each other in your section? And I see you kind of point to them and you kind of wave them in like, hey, you in, you in, you in, and then... You know, they seem like pointy though. Yeah, you know, do you want this? Uh, how, how does that work for you when you've got two guys going against each other in your section? Well, I, I try to just you know provide as much clarity as possible because it, it's a fast-paced arena, even for guys such as myself that do it most days. So, you know, when you have a couple people that are buyers that may do this only once or twice a year, uh, you know, it is a little stressful for them and they, they seem to get anxious. So. I just try to provide as much clarity that, hey, sir, you're out, you know, sir, you're in, the bid's over here at 50000 just just so they, you know, we don't hammer it down and they think they bought it when they actually did and then they're upset. So, you know, we just try to provide as much clarity and direction that, hey, if the bid's 50, you know, do you want to be 52? 
just to give them every opportunity to, you know, exhaust themselves as far as what they want to do or not do. Well, yeah, because I've seen some of you guys, you really, you really look like you work the crowd pretty good. You know, like somebody sitting there, come on, come on, come on, come on. All right, yeah, yeah. Get, get, get up to, <laughs> yeah. get, get up to one hundred thousand. Let's go. You know, it, it's interesting what you yeah. guys working. Obviously, some of it's physical because your back, you know, is to the auctioneer, and yeah. uh, so yeah. you've got to have some physicality involved so he knows. Yeah, I got a guy. You know, but don't forget, yeah. there's somebody that's only about thirty feet from you doing the same thing. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's uh, it can be confusing, and you know, again, that you know, that's why we all try to provide clarity. Like you may hear Danny Green on the auction block saying, "Hey, you know, disorder, you know, clear the bids in the back, you know, just just so the guy in the front doesn't think he's in, or I may think he's in." So, uh, you know, it's all about communication and being positive, and just trying to help the people, you know, steer the ship and into getting to their destination if they're, you know, if that's the direction they want to go. All right. Now, I've only been to horse auctions. Now, you have. Uh, <laughs> Created your, your your own auction company. What are some of the things you auction? Because I know you go all over the place. You're based out of Chicago, but I know that you're everywhere. Correct. Yeah. I, you know, and uh, you know, I, I spent the last twenty twenty five years in Indianapolis, and recently moved back to Chicago, where I grew up. And um, you know, yes, it's cold here, but you know, I found that it, it's extremely easy to fly in and out of Chicago with O'Hare and Midway. So that's the plus side. It you know, I spend a lot of days on the road. We do ranch auctions out in Oregon, out west. Um, we do standard bread horse sales in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, um, a motorcycle sale every month down in Cincinnati, um, you know, thoroughbred horses in Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, California, uh, Arizona, a little bit of here, there and everywhere. So, um, but you know, I, I, the, the horse segment is, is a, is a passion of mine. I've been in it for a long time. I, you know, I, I understand it well, or at least I think I do, and uh, I know a lot of the people because, again, they all kind of run in that same circuit. So it, it's a field that I'm very comfortable working in, um, and, and then all the, also that I really enjoy. Well, you know, it's funny, Dan, in all of our conversations, I never knew you were a horse trainer or a uh, a, a, a college athlete. Now, he, here's a question because of all the different things you sell, okay? What is the weirdest thing you ever auctioned? Oh, boy. That... Uh, I'm going to have, I guess it's, it was probably the Batmobile out of Barrett Jackson. Wow. I was fortunate enough to be on the, the crew there. I, I, I think the, it was, you know, before George Barris died, who was the, the creator of the Batman mobile and the, and the yeah. whole series, he was hoping for 1.5 million. And when it hit 2.5 million, he almost fell over and ended up bringing 5.5 million. Oh, wow. So it was just a uh, you know a lot of a lot of unique things come through come through that stage. So uh, just you know fortunate to be a part of it, but yeah, it was extremely unique. Well, uh, you know, I, I just had to ask that question. Now uh, we get a couple minutes left. I just want to ask you, um, you know, I've got to know you because we're working together on the newly um, revived Ohio sale. They haven't had one for ten years. Uh, how challenging sure. is that to uh, enter into a state that hasn't had a sale for ten years and put together a package, put together promotion? What are the things you do? Well, you know, first of all, I appreciate the opportunity. I mean, it, it you know, again, it's something that I really enjoy. It's a passion of mine, and I'm really excited about it. It you know, it, coming coming back from a little bit of a, a layoff. Um, you know, we kind of have a, a fresh start that we can put our own spin on it. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about how it's going to be put together. I think the biggest thing is to get the catalog extremely organized and tight with quality head and then helping the consigners set realistic reserves, um, which, you know, again, it's the art of 
you know, wh- where do they want to sell versus where the, where the market is. So, you know, the worst thing you can do is to bring, you know, consigners in with extremely high reserves and not have everything sell and have a high buyback rate because, you know, what we're trying to do is set the stage for a quality sale that horses trade and, um, you know, people bring their horses, get paid, and they move on because uh, it's going to set the stage for the, the years to come. So the first sale coming back from a layoff to me is, you know, I'm putting everything I have into getting it off the ground as, as, as best that I can because, again, it's, it's setting, setting the bar uh, hopefully high for years two, three, four, and five, you know, to come. Well, listen, we're coming to the close of this segment, but I have to ask you, uh, when, when you see something like this, because I know you're involved in Indiana in its early days, um, mm-hmm. do, do you see it as like maybe like a three-year project where the first year you want to establish the fact that, yay, hey, look, we're real, this is good, we got some things. The second year you get a little bit of a quality, and by the third year you're established. Is, is this the way you look at something like the Ohio uh, auction? Absolutely, yeah. You know, it's, it's really at least a three-year project. Um, you know, you're, you're better off having fewer horses, but quality and, and transparency and credibility, and, you know, which I take on as my job, because if they, if the buyers and sellers trust you, because you're handling a lot of money on their behalf, uh, you know, we try to pay everybody out within two weeks just because, hey, it's, you know, money makes the world go around. So we, we try to go to extra mile to keep people happy to come back. Um, so again, yeah, the first year it's, it's, it's crucial and, uh, you know, everything's leading in the direction that should be, you know, absolutely stellar, stellar sale. Well, we're going to do our best to help you there. We've been talking with Dan Mahaney, uh, professional auctioneer, uh, a bid spotter. Uh, you got something to sell, he'll sell it for you. So Dan, <laughs> thanks a lot. And I'll be in touch with you, you tomorrow. Appreciate you having me. All right. That was Dan Mahaney. Coming up, we're going north of the border again for the second week in a row. We're going to be talking to John Siskos, the director of communications for the Woodbine Entertainment Group, where they've got an unbelievable card on Saturday. I'm John Engelhart, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows. This week's featured guests and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, a guy that's been helping me out, directing me to... uh, uh, Get on to the Woodbine program here. John Sisko is the uh, Director of Communications for Woodbine Entertainment Group. I uh, have uh, spent a lot of time in the Woodbine room at Phasing Tipton lately. Had a great party on Friday. Uh, of course, the uh, the sale, uh, or no, no, that was Saturday. Sale on Sunday, and uh, it, it, was a gr- it was a great time. John, how are you doing, my man? Well, good evening. How are you? What's going on, John? I'm doing very well. I'm, uh, we've got a very, very exciting time uh, up here at Woodbine these days, and uh, I'm very excited to talk to you about it. Well, uh, John, you know, uh, last week, uh, Sandy Hawley was uh, one of our guests here on Winning Ponies, and uh, I had interviewed him 25 years ago on television back when he came into Cincinnati to ride a race. Of course, he didn't remember it. I did. It was one of the highlights of my life because, you know, <laughs> guys like him and Chris McCarron and stuff are my heroes. And he, he, here I am, you know, sitting in the Woodbine room and Sandy's to my left and Chris is to my right. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah. But, you know, well, especially Chris, I've got to know him over the years and become friends. It's kind of neat uh, to see guys like this that were heroes and get to know them personally. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, John. After spending about an hour with Sandy Hawley, I thought I knew him like my whole life. There was such a comfort zone. He's got to be a great ambassador for you guys. Well, uh, John, I have to say I have a, I had similar type of experience. I've been in this business for 20-some, five, seven years, something like that. And I remember the first time uh, as a sort of a, you know, a, a fan of horse racing, uh, not even in the industry, just a fan of the you know watching Sonny's Halo winning the uh, Kentucky Derby as this Canadian bred, and you know just uh, just all of the sort of famed you know uh, horse races at uh, that that were uh, in the states, and of course the Queens played up here, and and I remember I remember going to the jocks room for the first time, and so knowing who all these guys, knowing obviously as a fan who these guys were, including Sandy Hawley and and and, and Don Seymour and, and Dave Penna and all these guys that were very sort of iconic figures in my in my in my sporting mind and i'm thinking i'm thinking the same thing and 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 and, you know literally shaking as this 21 year old literal child (laughs) and then and then and then to come like you know for all the things that sandy and ohio have been through professionally you know you go on the road together and go to breeders cups together and go to kentucky derbies together and and it's just it's you're right he's the greatest in that way and he's just a very genuine guy he wants to talk he wants to yak he wants to revisit those memories like like you have there and uh, and tell the same old jokes you know it's just it's just it, it, he's a, he's a treat to be around and he's been he's a total ambassador of the sport for us um, and in fact frankly the entire sport and and uh, everybody in racing understands uh, who this guy is and he's uh, been a long time ambassador for us and I can't see it ending soon well, we're talking with John Sisko, the Director of Communications at Woodbine. And, John, I have to share a quick story with you about how humble Sandy Hawley is. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't have my phone with me, and I saw a call that looked like Ontario, Canada. I'm like, who the heck do I know up there? So I, I call back, and he says, 
Oh, uh, hi, John. Um, this is Sandy Hawley. I'm a retired jockey from Woodbine. I said, I said, you're not a retired jockey from Woodbine. I said, you're in the National Hall of Fame. You're in the Canadian Hall of Fame. You won over 6,000 races. Uh, you won the George Wolfe Memorial Award. You won the Santa. I, I, I could go on forever. And he's like, well, uh, yeah, but I don't like to introduce myself like that. <laughs> but well, that's, to, that's to, him. to play that's down him. the fact that he's yeah. a retired Woodbine jockey was just crazy. <laughs> Well, that's him, and he's in, the, in that role. He wants to feels like he needs to introduce himself just in case there's some mainstream kind of kind of uh, media that he needs to talk to. So he just wants to be humble about it. But uh, you're right when he when he when he addresses the racing well, media or cognoscenti or, or or even horse people. You know, it's just it's just such a you know what a what a what a what a rewarding experience it is for all of us that uh, that get to deal with him. It's uh, I hear you. Well, when when you see him next, tell him you talked to John Engelhart, and I loved yeah. meeting him. Like I said, a- after spending, well, we ended up being together over a two-day period off yeah. and on. It was like I knew him forever. Yeah. But what was yeah. great was he also took me over. This was the Woodbine Room. You were the sponsor of the Turf Showcase at Phasing mm-hmm. Tipton. And, oh, my God, the plans that you have for Woodbine mm-hmm. are mind-blowing. Are you guys going to be able to pull it off? It's unbelievable. A turf course inside of a main course with a turf course outside. Right, right. Well, it, it, it is an exciting time to be with the Woodbine Entertainment Group. Like, Woodbine is a, is, a, is a place, it's a name, it's a brand, if you will, that is known throughout the horse racing world. It doesn't matter where you are. It's, it's Australia, it's... it's, it's uh, England, it's 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 you know, and even tighter than that, it's Florida, it's Ohio, it's California, and then into Ontario, and you know, like, I mean, this is a it's a well known name. So, what's happened is this, and 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 if, if bear with me, John, if I get too detailed, but you know, no, go for it, John. Right, because it is a it's a heck of a tale to tell, and and so we're on some exciting times right now. At Woodbine, we have had two breeds. Um, for geez, I guess since '94, something like that. This is the last year of harness racing out at Woodbine. They're going to go to Mohawk full time, and our harness racing product is, is if, uh, we 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 consider it the best in North America, among the best in the world. Um, and that we're going to place there at Mohawk, our sister track, which is uh, about 30 minutes away from Woodbine. Um, there full time, so we're you know going to winterize it and, and have it ready. So that allows us to make Woodbine as a one-breed one uh, racetrack. So since we have a harness track on the inside of the um, tapita that we have, our turf course, if you recall, is on the outside of our tapita. Right. Um, we are building a turf course on the inside and and as you might have heard on the on the weekend from Sandy and our and our VP of uh, racing Jonathan Zamet. Yes, he, I met him. He, yeah, you know this is like what is Woodbine known for? People know you know what the Woodbine Mile is, and people know what the Canadian International is. People know that Secretariat ran there at Woodbine. His last race was at Woodbine. Track and, record. You know, why? Why is Dan ran you know his last two um, one two Woodbine miles just a few years ago? We're known for turf racing, so we're building another turf course, 
and all of this, and bear me bear with me on this last point is, you know, there we are getting there. There's expanded gaming opportunities for up at Woodbine. It's already a slots house, but there's going to be a there's a there's an expanded gaming component, and it's the catalyst to develop our 680 acres up here that allows it for entertainment uses, um, um, you know, uh, in the long term residential uses. It's, it's, it's giving us the ability to develop the land, and our, our core mandate is still to support horse racing. And that's what is very exciting to be as a part, of, um, part of the sport up there um, right now, I, I have to say. And I, I've seen it in my 20-some, seven years or so, and I, it's, I, I can't believe it's happening. Uh, John... Um you know, I, I had the chance to visualize it, and this is radio. Um, how do I guide my listeners uh, to see what I saw in the Woodbine room at Phasic Tipton? Uh, can they go to your website and see the futuristic development of what's going to happen at Woodbine? You you can. It's not fully developed as much as we like because we're in transition of, 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 of developing a new website probably probably less than a month away. But that said, it's woodbineentertainment.com. And you'll see some news reports if they say, if you sort of type in in Google and, you know, Woodbine and expanded gaming and things like that, second turf course, you know, it got quite a bit of mainstream attention here because they see us developing this stuff. You know, uh, in, the coming, in the coming months, in the coming years, this stuff, we're going to develop this stuff completely. But so that said, not every panel that you might have saw, John, at the, at the Fasic Tipton um, showcase uh, might be on the website, but that, there's, a, there's a flavor of it, and it's going to continue to develop. Well, all I can tell is the people listening right now, it, over the years, this thing is going to be unbelievable. It's going to become a village of racing. Uh, there are going to be you know, shops. Uh, there are going to be restaurants. And, of course, there's going to be this amazing opportunity for turf racing up there at, at Woodbine. Well, uh, John, we got uh, we got two minutes before our first break, so let me see. I'm going to go to the shortest field you might have in your <laughs> in your fantastic race card as I shuffle through my papers, and that would be the uh, the Northern Dancer, the Grade One Northern Dancer before the break. Um, the the I mean it, it's it, it's a talent laden field, but the horse that I have a check mark on is Godolphin's Hawkbill. I mean, uh, here's a horse that's been, you know, racing basically in Ireland and and uh, and England and France. Uh, that's a Kentucky bred, and yeah. uh, you know, all all I can say is uh, the class and quality. But here's the deal: this race is a mile and a half on the turf. This is unique. This horse loves it. Has won over a quarter million dollars. What's your read on the three hundred thousand dollar Northern Dancer turf? It's all about Hawkbill. Uh, it's nearly impossible for me to see him lose. He is, uh, you know, he's got he's got all the fundamentals. You know, uh, German Group Ones aren't American Group Ones or French Group Ones, but they're still pretty good group races. And he was right there. So I, I mean, and he's just a, just a just a picture at Woodbine. He's absolutely taken to the grounds. And I mean, I, I'm I'm with you. I can't. I, 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 he's a single, and any 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 horizontal bet, he's a single to me. Um, again, to stress, I don't think he's going to be a big price, 
but um, it, it it starts and ends with him, and I I can't get too much further on this on this field um, beyond that. No, I mean, again, oh, I wanted to check with you. We're getting ready to go to break here in just thirty seconds. But uh, how's the weather looking? It's good. <laughs> you won't believe it, but I I think we're looking at uh, low eighties on the Fahrenheit scale on Saturday. Aha, uh-huh. yeah, because I see that a uh, mile and a half. Uh, you know, he he won the Grade Three Al Ray and Aston Park Stakes uh, by two lengths. Uh, you know, again a mile and a half race, and then. Uh, a mile and a half on a good course in Germany uh, came away just missed by a length against uh, uh, Dashin Secret, who came back and won another group race. So, yeah, Hawkbill, okay. I'm online. John Siskos and I both agree. He's the one to single because it's going to be a great card at Woodbine. We're going to take a quick break here. You're listening to Winning Ponies. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and our featured guest for the handicapping segment, John Sisko's Director of Communications for Woodbine Entertainment Group, the best racing in North America. This week is definitely up there, so you're going to want to key in. And uh, John, it's been great talking to you. I know that you, you've been a public handicapper. You're more than just a guy that uh, delivers uh, information uh, up there, but man, the Rico Woodbine Mile, grade one, $800,000. I, you know, I usually go through these things and I make some highlights. I've got more red and yellow on these sheets than I've got black and white. It's unbelievable. I mean, uh, you know, I, I went up on a European website today where that lists the, the top trainers in the world. And the 10 top trainers are all at Woodbine this week. It's amazing. Well, this day. And um, I'll be honest with you, as uh, perhaps as easy as it was for us to zoom in on Hawkbill, 
you got to help me with this Woodbine Mile. I don't know if I got enough friends friends to partner with me with the, this talent-laden field. I mean, you've got uh, so many of your outstanding Canadian trainers like Roger Adfield and uh, Mark Cassie. And, you know, let's, for not, let's not forget Hall of Famers like Bill Mott and international trainers like Aiden O'Brien. How in the hell do you separate this field? Yeah. I'm, I've, uh, you know, I've got two minds, as you mentioned. You know, I'm a, I'm a public relations person that's supposed to say, any one of these horses can win, and come and bet your money, and, you know, like, you're giving, giving good, good, good information on each of these horses to make sure that they bet. But to me... I, you know, I, I certainly can't do that as a handicapper, you know, for the players to play. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to play it like this. And it, it might be very interesting to you. I, I think I'm only using euros in this race. There's plenty of shocked. Them. Yeah, I think I'm only using. I'm only going to go sort of four and five deep in here. And and you know, it's it's. Um, I've just seen too much of the Europeans up close just to see their gleaming coats. I, I mentioned Hawkbill earlier uh, from a, from a, from a you know uh, an eye test perspective. I'm thinking, oh my God, what is this coat doing here? And 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 the other ones are uh, I like other handicapping factors in in the mile for the Euros, but they all look well. It's it's been perfect weather here. Beautiful seventy degree Fahrenheit weather, and it's and the the horses are just absolutely enjoying their time here. And uh, as we break the race down, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why I'm looking at Euros only and and, and tossing just about everybody else. Please do go on. You're the okay. capper up there. Yeah, you know, I mean, world approval. You know, if you got the if you see the form, John, like that race was terrific. Okay, Mark Cassie obviously is an icon at Woodbine. And, and world approval has run at Woodbine many times. But wasn't that just a soft course lark the other day in the uh, four-star, Dave? You know, I'm prepared to be wrong on him. Like, he's going to be three to one, let's say, four to one. And, 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 and just this course is going to be firm. It's going to be good to firm in the, in the Euro sense. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss him. I'm, I know I might be crazy, but uh, I'm trying to make some money here. And, and, and World Poover was the first one out as the second choice. Tower okay, of well, uh, of, the, of, of the Euros, I mean, obviously, Aiden O'Brien's not there because uh, he wants to drink some Molson Canadian. I mean, <laughs> he's coming in here with, with Duville, uh, who just uh, got yep. beat. Uh, you know, three quarters of a length in the uh, in the Arlington Million. Yep. Uh, I mean, uh, you've also got a former Arlington Million winner in Mondialisti, if I'm saying that, the Irish Mondialiste. Mondialiste, and a former they, Woodbine Mile winner. He won the race two years ago. There you go. There you go. So, uh, you know, well, give me a read on these Euros. Yep. To me, uh, Duville is probably the most, uh, he's a legitimate favorite. I'm not totally in love with him I, you know but he's got a, a genuine record he's run well here meaning in north america 
Um, and he's got he's got some class. He's obviously he flirts with grade one um, grade one grade one company, um, and he's an easy sort of group two horse that could jump up and, and run well. And and you you your point about Aiden O'Brien is is a is a good one. He has won races here before, um, but you know what? My actual pick in the race, if, when I get pinned down, they, people ask me, is the other Aiden O'Brien horse? And well, while three year olds don't have a tremendous record in this race. I uh, I really like Lancaster Bomber, and I'll tell you why. It, 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 to stress, three rolls haven't been great, but uh, the, the the head lads that come over think that you know you look at. I'm not a big weight in handicapping guy, John. I'm not sure you are, but you know, he, look at these. Look at the weights the horse is carrying: twenty six, twenty six, twenty six, twenty seven. Okay, and. Um, you know, while American Triple Crown, Canadian Triple Crown, they're carrying that weight, but he's carrying one twelve in the mile on Saturday. Oh, a feather, right? He won't you know, know there's a jackie on his back. Is, yeah, what's this Lord and what's this Lord and um, um, way? I, I don't know. Let, but let's 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 say he gets in with fifteen. Let's just say for the sake of argument, that's still to me a good two, three, four lengths to to uh, to me. So. And and his form, he's still got Group One form. The same James Palace race there two starts ago. He was he was second, and 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 he's run well, you know, stateside. Uh, if you remember the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf from last year, he was second and a, a very likable horse going into the race at that kind of price. So, you know, he's he's going to be ninety two. That said, both the O'Brien horses are definitely going to be on my ticket. It, it, they should be on everybody's tickets going forward. You know, you mentioned the Breeders' uh, Juvenile Turf. That race has produced so many winners. It's amazing. Oscar Performance just won a biggin' uh, down at Kentucky Downs, which, by the way, is probably a place you've never been. You better put it on your list to get down That's there. Right. It's a fantastic track. But yeah. uh, th- this race is just mind-boggling. Um, yeah. All right, all right, okay. So, John, we know yep. you like Lancaster Bomber. Yep. I'm I'm, uh, I'm going to use trifecta player who you like underneath. Right. No, we're going to use Dutch Connection too. I mean, that's a good dolphin horse who who you know his um, uh, you know Godolphin has also done well at Woodbine. You know, Suleimani was one horse that came to came, came comes to mind, and uh, Mutafawek is another one. And these are horses that won the Woodbine Mile, and. Um, um, and, and, and just, and just, they're, 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 the horse is going to be, you know, like, you know, he's get, he gets Lasix and, um, you know, if, if nobody's worried about his class, he's a solid group two kind of horse, again, flirts with the grade ones. And, um, you know, and they're like you say, they're not coming to drink the Molsons. They're coming to, coming to, coming to raid and Dutch connection absolutely has to be on people's tickets. Um, and, and, and if he stays at his morning line quote at six or if he drifts up at six, eight to one, he's a play. And, and finally, on that note, it's like you have to go back to Mondialiste. You have to go back to uh, um, the, 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 the Woodbine Mile winner from uh, two years ago. Um, again, not the same form he was when he won the Arlington Million last year and with our, in our race uh, two years ago. He, he isn't. But, you know, he's, I, I sense he's a bit of a horse for the course. So he, I'm using all those, all those Euros. Um, uh, on my ticket, and, and and essentially at this point, throwing everybody else out. 
<laughs> okay, great. I, uh, my producers tell me I got about a minute left. I know, yep. so I'm putting your feet to the fire. Uh, real quick, uh, the grade two Canadian, a yep. mile and an eighth, quarter million dollars. I like Quadura. Yeah, I, I think she's she's the most like likable horse. I think she's. Uh, you know she's going to be well backed too. Unfortunately, I mean, if we're, if we're looking for a, if we're looking for a crazy horse, I, I think it's probably somebody like. Yeah, yeah, just I don't want to give you somebody like. At least this world is the sort of most second fancy one. I mean, I guess I guess it would be her. You know, but but uh, but Kadera again. It's like Hawkbill. You know, I mean, it starts and it starts and ends with her. I think I have to dive in a little bit further uh, to uh, try and try and uh, have some depth in the Canadian. All right. Well, John Siskos, I hope you won't be a stranger to winning ponies. I got your phone number now. I'm going to call you back when you got those good races uh, up at Woodbine. I wish you best of luck on this great day of racing. I'm so looking forward to doing something with you down the road, John. Thank you very much. Please, uh, please keep in touch. I will. Uh, I would love that. I absolutely will. I also want to thank Dan Mahaney. I want to thank my producer for Matt Widener to keep me in line. And I want to thank you for listening to Winning Ponies. Join us every week. I'm John Engelhart for Winning Ponies. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.